you're listening to Therapy for Your Money, a podcast about all things money and finance for therapy practice owners. If you want to feel confident and in control of your financial life, then you've come to the right spot. I'm your host, Julie Harris. I'm an accountant and the owner of Green Oak Accounting. My firm specializes in working with private practices across the U.S., and my team and I have worked with hundreds of private practice owners. I'm on a mission to share all the best practices I've learned along the way because I want you to have a profitable private practice. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Therapy for Your Money. It's that time of year. As we get close to the end of the year, we start having discussions with our clients about adding benefits for the team. So this is something that often comes up for group practices. And as we get close to the end of the year, we look at what are we thinking about as far as something that's going to increase our ability to recruit the right team members, to keep the team members that we love having on our team. And often benefits is one of the ways that group practices do that. So we're looking at how do we add benefits for January 1st or around that time range and what makes sense. So we're going to be talking through the five most common benefits that we see added to group practices. There are additional options out there, but we're going to talk through the ones that we see the most often. So first, we have continuing education reimbursement, and we're going to go through each one in in a little more detail. Next, we have paid time off or sick time, retirement, health, vision, dental insurance, And then last but not least, short or long-term disability insurance. Before we dive in on the details of each one, I do want to mention it is always a good idea to have a relationship with an employment attorney in your state. As you'll see when we uh, talk about each benefit, sometimes there are some requirements at your state level. So you just want to be aware of what that requirement is for you in your state and any state where you have employees. All right, so continuing education. that This is most often the first added benefit for a group practice. The reasons are there's typically not a requirement in any state for you to give this benefit. So that means there's not a lot of restrictions around it. It doesn't have to be particularly expensive. You can contribute as much or as little as you would like to. And you really can control the dollar amount that you're going to be spending here by capping it. So you're typically able to discriminate between full-time and part-time employees as well, again, because there's not typically some state requirements. So you might be able to say, I want to reimburse up to $1,000 in continuing education or CEUs only for full-time employees that have been with me for six months or more. So that way you're able to really offer that benefit to the people you want to. That being said, we often see part-timers being covered here, but just at a reduced amount. So let's say you were offering $1,000 per year for full-timers, you might offer something like $500 per year for part-timers. So it's a nice addition uh, to your team, but it's not very expensive for you as the business owner. In order for a reimbursement not to be taxable to your employee, it does need some documentation. So you're not just giving them $1,000 at the beginning of the year without checking whether or not they are uh, spending that money on continuing ed. That would end up being needing to be a taxable stipend. So what typically what you're going to set up is your employee is going to get approval for a specific course 
uh, that they want to take. You're going to approve that. They're going to pay for it and then get reimbursed by the practice through payroll. All right, next time we have PTO or paid time off. I use the term paid time off to combine both sick time and vacation time. I like to use one, one term and one fixed amount of hours for that because it just simplifies the process for you uh, versus using sick time and vacation time separately. Some states are going to require you to offer a certain amount of sick time to your team members. So if you set up a PTO policy that offers at least that much and usually more, a little bit more, then you're going to be covered there. But this is definitely one of those that you're going to want to run by your attorney just to make sure that you're handling it in the correct way based on your state. Most often we're going to see a fixed number of hours per year. So for example, uh, a new, a new full-time employee might get 40 hours of PTO per year, or there's going to be an accrual based on the number of hours worked. So that might look something like at, for every 20 hours work, you're going to accrue one hour of PTO. Now there's a, there's different rates that are used for that PTO. So I like to see PTO paid at an admin rate. So most often uh, a clinician is going to have their clinical rate or their commission split, and then also an admin rate that you're using for meetings um, for, or community events, any other non-clinical work that they're doing in the practice. So most often that PTO is paid at the admin rate. Sometimes we see it paid at a clinical rate that just tends to be much, much more expensive. And so you want to keep that in consideration when you're deciding how many hours of PTO you're going to offer. And again, there's going to be a big difference between states. So you may or may not be able to discriminate between full-time employees and part-time employees. So just look at what is required for your state. But an example of setting up a PTO policy would be you could have um, a full-time team member have 40 hours of PTO at their admin rate of $25 an hour. So that cost to the practice would be about $1,000 per year plus payroll tax, right? There's a lot of other little things, but you're you're looking at the overall cost. It would be around $1,000 per year because you generally want to put numbers to each one of these to see, does this make sense? Can I afford it? Uh, but when you're, when you're putting together a policy like this one, it's a good idea to talk to a professional because then you can look at how exactly am I implementing this? Is there a waiting period before someone starts to accrue paid time off? Is there a maximum number of time that they can take all at once? Like for example, can they only take one week at a time or can they take multiple weeks um, all at once? Is there a maximum number of people who can be out on leave at once? Uh, and are you approving that in advance to make sure that not everyone, for example, is taking the week between Christmas and New Year's off and then there's a, a huge dip in income in the practice while at the same time you're paying out all the P2 at once, right? So you want to put some parameters around how that is used. All right, benefit number three is retirement. The cost to the employer is at a minimum the cost of managing the plan. Uh, you've probably heard by now, I am a big fan of Gusto. They are our preferred uh, payroll provider. So Gusto partners with Guideline and are a, they are able to offer a 401k option that is integrated with Gusto, with, which I think is very, very um, useful and it's very easy to manage. So just to give you an idea, if you're using Guideline through Gusto, um, that would be around $49 per month as far as the base. 
and then $8 per employee. So it gives you a sense of about how much that costs. Depending on how many employees you have, it might be $100, $200 per month. Um, that's just the cost of managing the plan. Then the second cost that comes along with a uh, retirement plan is the employer match. You do not have to provide an employer match, um, but it is a really nice benefit for your team and it's a nice retention bonus. The other thing is that by adding a match, you're encouraging team members to participate. And that is a good thing for you as the owner. Because in, in retirement plans, unless you're doing a safe harbor for 401k, there are going to be limitations on how much you as the business owner or a highly compensated employee is able to contribute to that plan if your team members are not all participating. So you do participation in the plan is a really good thing and you do want to encourage participation so that you're able to make a larger contribution to the plan as well. We usually will see a match anywhere between zero and 4%. That's kind of the, the normal match. So you could, for example, add a retirement plan this year or for 2022 and start with no match at all where you're just offering it as a benefit to your team members. And then maybe the following year, you're adding a one or 2% match. So you can go incrementally there um, and just add things as you go. Uh, you might also be able to do a discretionary match at the end of the year. So there's a lot of different options there. Th this episode is definitely not just about retirement plans. So keep that in mind. There's a lot of different options there. This is a benefit that can be quite expensive if you're doing a large match, but it does hold value for team members and it is it really is a good recruiting tool. A little note on a safe harbor for a 1K. So with a safe harbor, you're either going to be contributing 3% of wages for all employees, whether or not they participate, or you're going to be doing a one-to-one -one match for the first 3% that an employee contributes to the plan, and then a 50% match for the next 2%. All right, I probably confused you a little bit there, but essentially what we're saying is, if I, Julie, as an employee, put in 3% of my payroll, that is matched right away by the employer. If I put in 5% of my wages into the 401k, that is matched at 4%. So that fourth and fifth percentage points, those are matched at 50%. So if I put in 5%, I'm receiving a 4% match. With a safe harbor 401k, all of the funds are vested on day one, right? So there is no long-term vesting of the match. The employee owns that right away. The, the benefit of a safe harbor 401k is that there is no highly compensated employee testing. So that means that the business owner can contribute the full 19,500 uh, employee deduction that is available for 2021, right? That is a nice benefit. If you are over 50, you can also contribute an additional 6,500 each year as well. So those, those amounts are separate from your employer match. Keep in mind here, another important item to note on a 401k is that you can limit who is able to participate. The longest you're able to exclude someone is one year after they've started working with you. So at the very longest, an employee is going to wait one year to be eligible for that 401k. In a few states, there are requirements as far as providing retirement options. 
Uh, two examples, in California, if you have five or more employees and you don't offer a retirement plan, you may need to sign up with CalSavers, which is a state-run retirement fund, and make that available to your employees. If you are in Illinois and you have 25 or more employees and do not offer a retirement plan, then you will also need to register for the state plan. So those are just two examples, but there are sometimes guidelines as far as when you must start offering a retirement plan. So if that is your case, definitely look at the state option. Sometimes that is a really low cost way to get a retirement plan uh, going for your team members. If you want more flexibility, typically you're going to be setting up your own plan. All right, benefit number four is health, vision, and dental insurance. It is number four because it can really be an expensive benefit to add. Um, so a smaller group practice in a lot of cases will not offer this benefit. As you become bigger, it really often is something that team members are looking for. And as far as being able to recruit and keep full-time team members, this is a really good benefit to have, but it can be expensive. In most cases, you are not required to offer uh health, vision, and dental insurance to part-time team members. If you offer the benefit, you are required to offer it to anyone who is full-time. Although you can add part-timers to your policy, I just typically wouldn't advise starting there just because of the cost again. Health insurance costs do vary widely between states. For small group coverage, the premium is going to be based on the age of your team. So it's really not possible for me to give you a formula and say, it's usually gonna cost about this much. It really, really just depends on your state and the age of your team members. So if you have a lot of team members that are younger, your costs are typically going to be lower. But if you have team members that are older, that is definitely going to be increasing the cost of offering health insurance. So my best recommendation is to reach out to a broker Give them your information so that they can run numbers for you. If you're using Gusto, you can do this really easily from within the platform and see how much the cost would be depending on what plan you are going to choose. In most cases, you're able to offer a base plan that might be a silver plan and then offer the option to your, for, to your employees to upgrade to a gold or a platinum plan and pay the difference. So at that point, you're paying a percentage of that silver plan, and if the employee wants a higher plan, they're able to get that, but they're paying the difference. Not everyone on your team is going to take health insurance, even though you're offering it. Some of your team members may have access through a spouse, but when you're running the numbers, I would like for you to look at them as if everyone was going to participate, just to see if you can afford it because you never quite know and and you should be careful about asking your team members if they will be joining the plan. So just plan as if everyone was going to take the health insurance and then you can go from there. Most often we're seeing the employer contribute 50% of the employee's premium and then 0% for dependents. So you, you can offer the option for someone's kids or a spouse to be covered under the plan, but typically the employee is paying for that. So as an example, if you were offering a plan that was $475 per month for your employee and they're single and you're paying 50% of that, then the cost of the practice would be $237 per month. So times 10 employees, that's a $2,300 expense each month that does add up quickly. Once you add a health insurance plan for your team, the longest wait time before a team member becomes eligible 
is 90 days. So as soon as they hit 90 days, they're going to become eligible for health insurance. One of the alternatives to adding a health insurance plan is to do a QSERA. So QSERA is spelled Q-S-E-H-R-A. It stands for Qualified Small Employer Health Reimbursement Arrangement. Ooh, that is a mouthful. So in the case of a QSERA, there is a cost to managing the plan. And then the employer is contributing a fixed dollar amount per month. So as an example, uh, one of the QSERAs that we use is $30 per month as a base cost, very similar to um, the structure of a retirement plan. And then there's a cost of $15 per employee. So what you can do with a QSERA is add a specific fixed dollar amount per month. So for example, $150 to $200 per month, that is the amount that goes into the QSERA. And then it is managed by a third-party company. The team member, your employee, submits for a reimbursement to the third party that manages the QSERA. And they can submit things like co-pays, the cost of their medication, their health insurance that's paid outside of your business um, that they have maybe from the exchange. So they can submit all of those costs for reimbursement through the QSERA. The premium, the amount that you contribute does roll over from month to month, but does not roll over at the end of the year. So you can say I'm, I'm contributing $200 per month. That means the employee would have $2,400 per year to use. If they only use $2,100 at the end of the year, then that amount would come back to you. It, ro- it does not roll over to them at the end of the year. So in 2021, the maximum an employer can contribute to Kyocera is $441.67 for someone who is single, $891.67 for a family. Those are monthly, uh, monthly amounts. So again, the balance starts back to zero in January. One of the important things to note for QSERA is you cannot offer both a QSERA and a health insurance plan. So those are separate things. You can offer one or the other and not both. All right, last but not least, we have short-term disability and long-term disability. This is the last one on our list because it is the one that we just see the least often. It's still a great benefit to add, but it's not as value added to team members as health insurance or retirement. So there are a handful of states that do require short-term disability. Those are California, Hawaii, New Jersey, New York, and Rhode Island. Short-term disability typically will cover maternity leave, but there is a waiting period in most cases. So the main difference between short-term and long-term disability is that Short-term usually is going to cover you for about three to six months with a, waited pay, with a waiting period around 14 days. And again, look at the specifics of your plan because this can vary, but this is what we see most often. Whereas long-term disability insurance is going to cover you for at least two years all the way up to a lifetime. So two, five, 10 years or even more with a waiting period somewhere between 90 days to six months. So lost wages, when you have either kind of disability coverage, are not covered at 100%. You're usually going to see a percentage. So that's an important piece of getting long-term or short-term disability is what is the percentage of your lost wages that is covered? Is it 40%? Is it 70%? So it's not going to be everything, but it's definitely going to be something. In most cases, the employer pays the cost of the premium. That is not always necessary. Just keep in mind, if the employer is paying for the cost of the premium, it is 
a tax deduction to the employer. If the employee was ever to use the benefit, that would be taxable to the employee. So whenever something is a deduction to someone, it has to be taxable to someone else, right? There's typically no double dipping as far as the IRS is concerned. So if you um, were having your employees pay for their short-term or long-term disability, you're usually going to have the option of making that either taxable or non-taxable to them. This is where it gets really interesting. It usually makes sense to pay for short-term disability or long-term disability with after-tax dollars when you are an employee. Because if you've already paid tax on the premium, then that means the benefit, if you ever have to take it, is not taxable. If you pay for your your disability premium with pre-tax dollars, then if you ever have to use your policy, then that benefit is going to be taxable. So you see the difference there? If it's non-taxable somewhere, it has to be later taxable somewhere else. And the opposite is true as well. Um, It's very similar in a way to a 401k versus a Roth 401k. If you're contributing to a Roth 401k with after-tax dollars, then you're never paying taxes on that amount again. And if you're contributing to a 401k, you're getting a deduction now, but you're paying taxes on that amount later. So the same applies here for short-term disability. These premiums are not particularly expensive. It's usually going to be around like $15 to $25 per month. It can vary based on the uh, state that you're in and the age of your team, but that's around what it's going to cost you for each employee. Adding benefits for a team is just one of the many, many things that we help our clients with at my accounting firm, Green Oak Accounting. So if you feel like you're ready to work with an accounting team that can support you in more ways than just doing the bookkeeping and the tax at the end of the year, don't hesitate to go on our website, greenoakaccounting.com and schedule a free consultation with the team. Take care, everyone. If you're looking for accounting help, head over to therapyforyourmoney.com slash accounting to find information about my accounting firm and all of our specialized services just for private practice owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes, click on ratings and reviews, and give us a quick shout out. We really appreciate it. The information contained in this podcast represents the host and guest's general opinions and should not be construed as personalized accounting and tax advice. Listeners should consider all facts and circumstances before applying this information and seek appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. Any info provided does not constitute accounting, tax, or legal advice.